expert negotiating team. The key to negotiating with Mercs is convincing them that the compromise they agreed to is no compromise at all. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the showman of content creators. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew Cadet Registration, Bloodbath Barons. Tonight, we have a great show. Co-host, as always, Andrew, this has me laughing, Minnow Crow. Good evening, guys. And Aaron, I would pay money for that. Coach Kroll. Say that a lot. And Luke looks solid. Charles Gideon Dirks. Hello, Wolfnet. And Thomas, just one crab only, please. Silas C. Raven Kruger. It's all I needed. (laughs) One crab. One one crab. One One crab crab. only. That, that, One that, crab that's only, how, please. That's how they get you hooked. I don't. I don't think crab. that's. I don't think that's how they say it in the the medical world. It's usually crabs, <laughs> plural. Anybody, if you only have one, that's great. But anybody got any good thing good for the cause? Crabs. <laughs> Better than the clap. <laughs> hey. And uh, tonight, well, looks like um, there's some new products coming up. There are. What do we got for new products? Oh my god! Good God! Does someone Tommy. just take ECM? Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Who the is fuck? running the blender? What is that? Andrew. It was Andrew. Andrew's fault. Is it me? I don't know. It's away now. It's, it's gone now. I mean, he's got the heat, vibrator. You you hit the the flush valve on your Mac, and I guess your heat sinks are working okay now. Dude, that was like interruption. Five years, and we still have heat sink <clears throat> problems. Hey, at least you got the black box. I guess. <clears throat> Hope Craig right. didn't record that. Did you know Craig has a little brother? Oh, really? A second one? Yeah, I. Find that out the other the other month. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a second one you can get for a double backup. We'll never replace you, Craig, ever. <laughs> please don't lose our please, please don't lose don't, our stuff. Please don't please don't leave us. <laughs> so did we have any uh is there any like hardbound books or any any new books that came out like recently? Um has it been well, kind of a dry spell? We uh we got Shrapnel 14. Um that just recently dropped with uh Long time uh, Discord hanger arounder, uh, Mark is. He made the front cover. Good Ooh. for you, Mark. Whoop, whoop. Mark, congrats. Um, and um, yeah, that that that's what we got for for fiction. Um, that's it, folks. Well, the audio, <laughs> I think the audio book for one of the uh, Decision of Thunder Rift or one of the greatest books dropped. Tommy. For those of you who read with your ears. In other words, no, nothing has <laughs> dropped. And this is becoming a problem. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Looking at you, Catalyst. <laughs> looking at you. When you don't look at lore, you don't you could make up as much competitiveness as you want. Some of our those the fans are getting that lore itch and it needs to be scratched. Yeah. And it ain't crabs. 
Yeah. I just wanted one. <laughs> That's all I wanted was one. How do you like that segue, huh? Oh my god, man! You didn't even know I was setting I us up for that. Man, it's like you could drive on two wheels. I can't Ooh. wait for you to find the title of this episode. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I guess to me though that I, I don't know if that means that Catalyst is more le- just leaning on shrapnel and saying, "Hey, you know what? Like we got this." We got fiction coming out every three months, like clockwork. Um, I, I mean, I, I think shrapnel is probably one of the uh, better, and again, I'm biased, but I think it's one of the better <laughs> uh, better products that, that Catalyst has, just that reoccurring. You get some fiction, you get some scenarios, you get some, you know, in-universe uh stuff going on so, so it's a it's, it's got something for everybody so it's a lot of fun um but but, <laughs> but when um element of treason honor is the only spine book that's been out in six months that and nothing against that that book any any one book in the last six <laughs> months other than shrapnel um would feel a little sparse and and maybe too, maybe we just got kind of spoiled, um, with how fast stuff came out after hour of the wolf, you know, we were getting the gray death stuff. We were getting, um, redemption rights, you know, like all of this fill in fiction, uh, kind of fleshing out the, the ill clan universe. And now, yeah, now it's kind of crickets and it's, uh, I mean, to to their, I mean, they are still working on a Kickstarter too. So they're kind of busy. Are they though? Are they? <laughs> are they? I sincerely hope so. That uh, they, well, well, that just man, just, it's, it's going to be grind my gears with with Gideon. Um, just chalk it up my, to the New Year's. My 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 other piece, my other gripe for today is <laughs> drag out the soapbox. That's right. <laughs> is Catalyst? Can you can you send me an update that isn't telling me that the pledge manager is going to close? Oh, oh my god! <sighs> Stop it already. We just get close, it. close the pledge manager. Just fucking close it, man. <laughs> Slam the door shut and get it rolling. I mean, the cows' udders and teats are dry. <laughs> Just close it. Need some salve? <laughs> Coach has got all of the, the colloquialisms today. Holy cow. Oh, There's some home remedies for that, I hear. But it, it's, just a, it's just a tease, though, because I get like, an email, oh, Kickstarter mercenaries, and you're all excited about something happening. They're like, almost ready to close. <laughs> have you? Have you decided on everything? More minutes. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to add one more thing for the seventh time? <laughs> my, fan, my phone dings off. Oh, guess what? We extended another 15 minutes for you to get in here before we close the pledge manager. We'd like to reach you about your pledge manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've been trying to reach you about your pledge manager. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. We go. need a meme. We need a meme. Hello, the, hello. I'm 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 Catalyst, and I've been trying to reach you about your open pledge. <laughs> Would you please make your decisions so we can close the door? That needs to be the title of the episode. Holy yeah. shit! Oh, 
get, would that be God, like a damn unity? i peed a little bit on that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> well see what and, and <laughs> unity like, everybody make your choices so you can close unity. The door. yeah well and, and uh uh well like uh randall <laughs> had that excellent uh update when they when he went through what, what do they call it the, the white copy or whatever where it's just like the actual yeah. like pages and nothing on it but that was yep. so cool seeing the universe book where he was going through like explaining what's all going to be in there like that made me almost buy the universe book or, or, or the uh <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost 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 i mean still like i oh, i couldn't pull the trigger it, it would be real cool for like a week and then I wouldn't open it again, but so it's your fault, Charles. Now they're going to extend it another four fucking weeks because Charles on the Wolfnet Radio podcast is almost like, going to get it. Not buying. Oh my god! There goes another. Good news, pledge managers. <laughs> Anyways, moving along. Um. So hey, you, you want to know something really funny? If you go to the BattleTech uh, BG website. So- and you go to the coming releases, like look, look what's coming out. Are we? Buying? Hey guys, guess what? We've got the Kerensky Vision, Hellion Keshek, uh, turning touring the stars, Rocky. Guess what? Coming out in February 2022. It's no substitute for victory by Blaine Leopardo. <laughs> oh man! We're Just letting you know time. that's in the that's in the uh, uh, coming releases section on Still. the website. Man, oh, and it, the long-awaited Empire Alone second quarter 2022. So, is really, this, they have to be really, really busy doing the Kickstarter. That maybe updates need to be a little bit more watched closely. Yeah, well, well and, and and like I said, I like I, I am not asking for a lot on the update. It doesn't like like literally. It, I I said this somewhere else on Discord, but it could literally be. <laughs> we loaded all of the, the first batch of minis in this container shipping container and it's going to sit here on the dock for the next six months. But here's a picture. <laughs> here's, oh, here's a picture he, of the shipping container. I would, I would, that, I would be ecstatic. Miniature ecstatic. teaser porn. <laughs> we like the battle like pick something. internet. Pay no something. attention to these books that haven't arrived. Look at these minis. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Or if like if if uh, if they release like a an email exchange between Lauren and uh, Michael Stackpole of them working on uh, Den of Wolves or whatever the title Ooh. is of the, the wolf like like e- even something silly like that I would it would make me so happy just to know somebody's working on it. Um, is that where us as a community has come to now? We're just like we just want the morsels just. Just tweak the nipples a little bit. <laughs> well, well, I mean, if you if you remember, like, <laughs> I, I I feel like for for Clan Invasion Kickstarter, like Catalyst really had to prove themselves, or or at least they felt like they did, right? So they were sending pictures of every single prototype that came in, and you know, close ups and primed and on primed, and like they were really going above and beyond, making sure everybody was pumped about this Kickstarter. And now I feel like they're like, yeah, people know we're good. Yeah. But they well, should but, do that again. Like Andrew right? said, I, I think they are really swamped <laughs> and rightfully so because they got a lot of stuff to do. But I mean, 
we're not out of the realm of saying it's been a while, guys. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm more forgiving on the uh, there not being fiction um, because I, I imagine that there's so much fiction that's coming with the Kickstarter that everybody had to shift gears to get that stuff done. We don't want to be in another situation where, y- you know, years after the Kickstarter fulfills, they're still working on the fiction. I get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, j- j- just little, little teasers other than, uh, go do your pledge. <laughs> and it's also probably difficult because it is getting to be a major, major fictional shift in the time story, the timeline, the story wise. So it's not like they can just release, you know, and maybe just release something. That, personally, this would be a perfect time to release some of that unpublished uh, jihad stuff or whatever, or little short, I don't know, whatever. But here's another planet being nuclear biologically full, destroyed, full on to to barely a drip, and and we're we're noticing. So yeah. I'd like yep. to say something on this whole matter. I, yes. I really don't care too much about the lore stuff coming out. But for all of you guys that never uh, had the had to wait for the uh, the clan invasion and now that you added on to the mercenaries, this is normal. First I mean, time? <laughs> yeah. I can remember when we were doing the podcast, we're like, yeah, three years next, next year they will come out. And then next year came like, no, next year we'll come out. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If, if anybody out there is listening, wants to get real depressed, go back and listen to how excited we were for the clan invasion Kickstarter. (laughs) There's a whole episode of us just giggling about how cool it's going to be that we're going to get our stuff in like a matter of like several months and uh yeah and then the whole world stopped so you know it's not that that was it's not any way cattle's fault but man we were so happy that was a good day that was a good day <laughs> i try to figure out way back in the day what was our giddy moments when like nothing else was coming out but i'll i'll find it Holy crap, we have a lot of episodes. <laughs> so that was probably uh, 36 episodes worth yeah. of waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We filled content. That's what we did. Uh, 350 objective set from Cross Electric Designs. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds... Um, long, long time uh, supporter of the the podcast the group the uh matt cross he's been he's been hanging around a long time but uh he is uh he has released on uh aries games and minis um a set of 350 objectives which are very cool looking um currently the uh, bunkers are all sold out so if you want bunkers yeah you, you have to wait a minute um oh, dang th- they're making more um but the uh the, the they are just really cool looking um he uh kind of dressed everything up made made the objectives not just circles um which i i'm i 
I want to get my hands on the set and see if any of that like affects gameplay at all. Um, but I think they look really cool, especially with the flag carriers. Those are way sweet. Um, and now that I'm looking at them again, I wish that there were four flags in there. So then we could, you could mark your, uh, your commander and, uh, XO. Oh for, yeah. Because that would be so cool having four units moving around with flags on the board, but multitasking. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the, the flags look so cool. I'm just thinking of more ways to use them. <laughs> just buy an extra one. Just buy one more. <laughs> just one more. Little mas. I think if he's listening to the, the podcast, I think that's possible to do. <laughs> Maybe. 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 I can, I, I, can, I can message him otherwise. Let's see, bro. But yeah, so um, you. You you know you've made it when your uh, paper cutouts turn into <laughs> real products <laughs> on Aries. <laughs> oh, you ever think that? So many, you I ever think so you'd make it this far, Coach? I I did not. Nope. Had no <laughs> idea that when, uh, when you were making little circles in Photoshop. That <laughs> no no, no. Paint, paint paint yeah paint, that's paint. all Microsoft Paint man come paint. on that's old school. Oh, so, very yeah. exciting though. Very cool. So yeah, uh, if if you're needing some cool looking 3D printed objectives and you don't have a 3D printer, because there are some free versions floating around, but if you don't have a, your own 3D printer, you can you can buy some at Aries. 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 And around the community, it looks like we have a. Uh... A giant list of errata rules. What? <laughs> uh-huh. Alpha Strike Command Edition came out with another set of errata. No. Again. Oh no, not them. It, not them. It was us. We want to be the cool kids too. Yeah. yeah. We can do erratas. We can do erratas. Three fifty <laughs> rules errata. So when did the two point rules come out? That was oh, LVO boy. last year. December yeah. of last year. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Just after, just during. Yeah. <laughs> well, just a- just after... when I lost 22 points of units. Well. <laughs> after... we, yeah, we didn't have, we didn't have them at battle barn. Right. Yeah, it had to, they came out between battle, battle barn, barn and KSEG, right. Or did we have them for KSEG? Are you talking about our rules or yes. yeah, the 2.1 2. 2. 1 rule? 2.1 uh, dropped June 15th, 2022. Jeez. So having an errata come out is probably a good thing. Uh, but since, so. since then, we've ran. <laughs> I, I don't even know how. I don't, I don't even know how many tournaments at this point. It's um, been a lot. I've I've ran quite a few this year alone, so my brain is a little fuzzy on numbers. But it was high time, um, based on outcomes that we were seeing at tournaments, um, are continued in further playtesting, and uh, possible ideas that we have. Uh, it was time for us to get a errata out as well. The majority of the rules, or the the majority of the errata. Um, I, I think I'm safe in saying that it's, it's clarification, um, clearing up where we've found people to have questions, um, that kind of thing. But we did, or we are going to be adding a few 
um, changes. Uh, first off, first off, the first change that we're going to be looking at uh, that want to just so these are the, the please read the errata. Um, and I'm I'm hoping to release it by Wednesday. Um, Aaron won't have the podcast out by by that by that time, but because um, Gideon won't have the history brief done by then, so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not the only one in charge yeah. of this whole thing. Yeah, I'm not going to let you take that bullet for me, man. So if you're listening to the podcast, the errata has probably been posted um, to that. So a couple of the highlights that we're going to we'll pull out that we uh, think were are not breaking changes, but changes to make note of. Um, one is pilot skill. Um, currently, you're allowed... Um, pilot skills between two and seven and uh, currently you're allowed to have two units at skill two and two units at skill seven uh, the errata we're changing that to be uh, from two to six as the max um, skill that you can take and um, mr matt ethington with our colorado group uh, we're affectionately calling this the northman rule that uh, with the change in the errata, uh, you are now allowed, players are allowed two units at the extremes of the skill adjustment. Two units of skill two or skill six or a combination of one unit at skill two and one unit at skill six. So that's one of the, that's one of the first um, bigger changes that so, are coming your way so you can still have units on the board run by pilots who just graduated the academy but now they have to have an a instead of a c there you go skill six is okay but seven you know when when little billy got through you know piloting class with a d we're not going to let him in 350 anymore. No, no more farm kids driving uh, <laughs> flatbed trucks anymore. Sorry. The DMV right. came down and said you had to be 16 in order to get a license. <laughs> I, I always figured it was like the old guys that lost two hands trying to pilot Max. <laughs> the old war vets. Got nothing, <laughs> really. got nothing firm to do. Steering with their knee. I ain't got no dukes. They're piloting a sprint VTO. <laughs> This is a far cry from my industrial, Mac. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've got some changes to unit construction. Um, <laughs> we're a little late to the game, I think, on this one. But um, nonetheless, I think it'll make it easier for uh, new players to enter 350. Um, currently, uh, you're allowed 16 units per army. And the breakdown of that is... Eight mechs, um, eight combat vehicles, uh, five infantry, and uh, five proto mechs. That's the max number of those units that you can take in your 16 unit army list. Uh, the big change to that, or the big, the two big changes that we have here is, is that the mech limit is going to be up to 12. So you'll be able to field 12 mechs in your 350 instead of just eight. And the bigger change that I think will be uh, more important for everyone to pay attention to 
is you are now allowed a max of 10 units in your 200 list. Um, one of the reasons that this is being implemented is um, combating some of the abuse with the one and two point PV units. Um, also through gameplay that we were seeing that once people got over 10 units, the number of rounds that were being able to be completed in, in, a, in a tournament setting um, went down dramatically. So we want to even the playing field a little bit for people um, and get people to be able to have the opportunity to achieve objectives a little better. So um, that is one to watch out for. And um, we do have, or we are adding in now uh, within the tournament area, uh, a section of where 350 is going to deviate from the official rule. Um, we've been playing um, front-loaded initiative for quite a while now, and uh, it, it's something that has to happen in 350. Uh, again, just to remind everyone, right, when the Alpha Strike book was written and the rules were conceived, those rules were never built for or thought of being in a competitive format. So we've uh, kind of gone out on a limb and, and we've had some growing pains and we've ran into some problems. Um, but Josh, uh, Mr. Franklin, has been a godsend and a wonderful human being to talk to and work with and um, help us out when we've got questions. And we've had a great dialogue with him. So some of the things that we're doing here, we've actually had quite a extensive conversations with, and uh, we just feel that for the format to uh, continue to grow and for playability, we need to add these things. First one is front-loaded initiative will be the movement initiative for 350. Um, no longer will uh, the unequaled number of units be pushed to the back of the initiative round. It will be happening at the beginning. So the idea with front-loaded initiative is, is that you're trying to get to one-to-one -to -one movement as soon as possible in the round so that your opponent isn't moving two in the end phase. Um, in Alpha Strike, with a number of units on the table that we have, um, it, we see that that, that is a, a major um, advantage that we need to balance a little bit, and front-loading does that very well for us. Do you guys have anything to add there? Nope. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> now that you ask... Um, no, I'll no. be I, silent no more. <laughs> <laughs> I never put my soapbox away. Um, no, I think that um, front loading is going to be a game changer as far as uh, keeping things as even as possible. Granted, if if you're down four units to one unit, there, there, there's no making that up. Nope. But all of that in between where it, there would be like 10 to eight or, you know, nine to six, there's a lot of situations where it would be 
well also this like constant wait who started moving oh i moved first you you moved second okay so how many do you have now right like th- there's the that's a constant thing at the t- like honestly i think figuring out initiative is the hardest part of alpha strike um and now you get to figure it out from the get go because the number of units on the board isn't going to change um so you can say okay i have i have 6 you have 4 you know that means it's uh 2 1 2 1 2 1 1 1 right so then or nope that i that's 7 units so 2 1 2 1 1 1 1 1 1 yeah um but you can figure that out from the get go and just do it rather than like every turn going wait am i at double now am i not at double um well, and the, the, just the yeah. easy thing the easy thing there is is that do i have more number do i have more units than you do at the start of the round yes move more twice right. it's it, the the idea of this that you can you only are supposed to move more when it's double the number is garbage right <laughs> that's that's an advantage that gets kicked way far into yep. the initiative phase that garners a lot of advantage to the person with the more units so for sure. This this is much more straightforward. Do I have more more units than you? Yes, I move more than one, right? Um, well, th- that's a little simplistic. It'd be divide, right? Like if I have six and you have two, it'd be three, two, three, or three and one, three and one. So, yep. so I mean, and it's just round up. If I have one point one times as many units as you, I move two. It's just simple, straightforward. um i think i beat that horse to death now (laughs) you're you're okay one uh one other piece that uh we this is in this is a change because of the 6.0 release of infantry being able to move after dismount um the non-infantry units as cover uh needs to be adjusted as well. Now, that is an optional rule that we've had included in the rule set from day one, I believe, uh, strictly because you know we're an encouraging combined arms, and we want we wanted to give infantry the opportunity to survive. So, the using non-infantry cover rule, um, if infantry took cover, which means they were in base contact with the unit and said told their opponent, hey, my infantry are taking cover. If a line of sight was drawn from an attacking unit through the unit that the infantry is taking cover from, say their transport, the infantry would get a plus three cover bonus for for that action. With the change now that infantry can move after deployment, that means that they have TMM. Uh, that means that they can jump, um, which really starts to stack modifiers when you have non-infantry cover. So we will be implementing, um, we're going to still have non-infantry cover, but the plus through plus three moves to a plus two. And if you have a margin of failure of two while shooting the infantry, that damage will strike the unit that they're taking cover from. So 
a little more interesting things um, have potential to happen there. And uh, we're really excited to see what people do with that. So last one, or does anybody have any comments there that they would like to add? I like it. And I like it because now hiding behind your TMM4 chopper sounds like a horrible idea. Because <laughs> it'll actually be easier to hit the chopper by shooting at the infantry than just shooting at the chopper. You're right. And while that doesn't make a ton of sense, if you, if the chopper's going to get between me and my target, it's on the chopper's fault. So I, I like it because it's a higher risk, higher reward. It's not a uh, low risk, high reward kind of thing. Yeah. And the last rule that we're going to be uh, doing a little different from the official rules is we're, we're calling this one overkill. Um, if a mech capable BA that are being transported on a unit with Omni and the Omni unit is destroyed, any excess damage is automatically done to the BA without rolling the 1d6 that is outlined on page 48 of the commander's edition um, with our scenarios in uh, the format that we have it encourages infantry. Obviously we just covered that earlier. Um, we continually run into the chicken and the egg issue of a dasher carrying battle armor. Um, if you shoot the dasher, granted that's only two points of damage that you need to inflict. Right, so I deal four damage to a dasher, and I re need to roll a d6 on each one of them. And on a five or six, the damage is applied to the battle armor instead of dasher. What happens when the dasher is killed? The order of operations the dasher doesn't come off the table until the end phase, which means the battle armor are unable to be targeted until the next turn. With this overkill rule, you could, if you were able to destroy the dasher, you would be able to still shoot at the dasher, and anything that was above their damage profile or whatever it was to kill them would automatically go to the battle line. A, a reminder, this is only when the dasher is destroyed. Right. So a tactic, one of the things that this is helping solve is one of the tactics would be, for instance, domination. If I put a gnomes on a viper and I jump that viper to a, um, a, a back template, right? One of the far templates. Say I'm going to the right far template. My opponent kills the viper, but because the viper is now dead, there's nothing that he can do to the battle armor. And at the end phase, the Viper comes off, the battle armor drop, and now I control that domination point, and my opponent had no means to affect that. So this way, um, as I'll admit, I've I've won I've won that match a couple of times using that exact tactic. Um, this way, you're able to still. Because if you're shooting at a Dasher, you're shooting at a Viper, you know, obviously you're doing something with high TMM. You're still needing to make those rolls. Those rolls are usually going to be, you know, nines or higher. Um, there's some survivability still there, but 
Um, this is just something that I think we all felt needed to happen. Um, thank you, Charles, for, for bringing it forward and getting it written. Um, pull thank you, Matt, for having this come up at Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. My frustration, my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Th- thank you, Bloodbath, for going Complaining through it. it. Complaining yeah, and bitching about it for about a half an hour. Oh man! <laughs> well, well they, you were you were hot. <laughs> I was but, mad. But, I was real mad. But well, oh we well. ran into a similar thing out here. Um, a few. I, I know it's happened to me personally, and it's happened to other people a few times, and I, it never resolves the same way because sometimes people will just go, uh, you know, it'd be fair as if I just drop my battle armor. Uh, you know, like that just makes sense to me. Other people will say. Oh, well, yeah, whatever extra you do that goes to the battle armor. And then other people will say, uh, now you need to roll a five or a six. Otherwise, you know, it, it kind of like, it, depending on how like competitive the person is being, <clears throat> you get different results and we need, we're, we're just trying to eliminate that. And if, if, if you throw another 15 successful damage at the supposed targets that aren't there able to be destroyed. Why play? (laughs) Theoretically, that battle armor wouldn't be there if you actually connected with 15 points of extra damage onto a dasher. And that was the reason for looking at that should probably change. There's there's no need for the salvage truck nor the medical medical, uh, truck to be showing up. All right, and then the I think the last one that we'll cover that I think is somewhat significant is the during the when you meet for the for at the table, you right, you roll for scenario. Um you exchange your 200s or you exchange your army lists, you pick your 200. Your 200s locked in now for the scenario. You roll for terrain and currently um on that terrain roll, the winner would get to choose whether they want to place terrain or win first initiative. And then when the initiative would come up, they would get the opportunity to roll for initiative as well. And that role needed to, what? Oh, that role needed to uh, mean something more. So now on the terrain roll, if you win, you pick terrain or first initiative and whichever one you don't pick your opponent gets the other so if you pick terrain your opponent wins first initiative comments cool nothing gets no i i nothing nothing to talk uh, about no well, well i think the uh well the reason rationale behind it is because usually people don't win or lose both. It usually kind of ends up working out some sort of balance, but it can be a really big impact if you get first terrain placement and you also win first initiative, um, which happens 25% of the time. So, um, which means 25% of the time, somebody's also losing uh, somebody's starting roles. a game off on a bad mood. <laughs> right. Right. Where, where it's like, man, I, 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 didn't win initiative and I also have to move first. This sucks. Um, so this way, like it, it, rather than it being an optional rule of, I can 
win first initiative. It's I either get either or. So that way every time it's 50-50, somebody gets the place first terrain, somebody gets first uh first move. So or wins initiative I guess gets last move, but yeah, it just seems way more fair cuz that can like coach said, it can really start off feeling bad if you lose both those roles right away. And it's going to eliminate a lot of confusion cuz some people just didn't get it or thought it was already that way and it wasn't. And then it's just, so we're just going to simple, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Just you win the role, you choose one, the other guy gets the other or the other person. So did you just call me stupid? <laughs> well, that's on multiple occasions, but I mean, sure. If you want to single yourself out now, I mean, get... <laughs> Fucking peanut gallery. <laughs> and, I, and I guess the, la- the last thing that I'll add here on the errata is that we have started uh, a list of optional rules in the or beta rules, optional rules, one of them being um, pre-placed terrain. So this is giving um, a bit of a guide to uh, those that want to do pre- pre-placed terrain for their tournaments. Um, just ensure that when you are announcing your tournament that you are letting your players know uh, that that will be in effect. So um, thank you, Charles, again, for making the pretty colored chart and uh, making that happen. So there, Valhalla. Fine. Get your way. <laughs> Darn Valhalla. <laughs> Fucking Valhalla. <laughs> No, it was something we have been planning for a long time. So there you go. That will be... Those are the high points of the errata. Um, the other 34 I... pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mostly guidelines. <laughs> yeah, just guidelines. Just, yeah. Andrew, are you going to uh, have an audio version of this uh, errata? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 oh my I, God. I don't even know how to uh, I don't know how to answer that, that way, That's probably listen. not But that's probably not a bad idea I mean then it really can, isn't a bad then idea They can listen to it while they start playing <laughs> Well I, I, I'll see Tommy, what I can do I, I'll, I'll see what say, I can do You got a microphone You got a list of the errata <laughs> I'm probably busier than some of you uh, Right now but give me a couple oh weeks, and I should be done with this project. Are, so. I, I, I find it I find it baffling that Tommy is asking for audiobook versions of rules now. Throw <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. away flies. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I picture I picture him like on his phone, fast forwarding. Like I'm almost to that page. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. Get to no, the no, chapter. no. <laughs> it says right here. On each one. <laughs> right. It says right here at five minutes and twenty-two seconds that uh, that's not the way that works. <laughs> five minutes and twenty-four seconds. It's uh, judge, judge, judge. Oh, that's funny, Co- Coach. So I'll, I'll, I'll no, take a look at the errata, and uh, I'll send you an audio clip of it. Just Perfect. That way, uh, I will. Uh, maybe I'll put some background mul list building yeah. in the background of it that's that's totally fine you're just gonna make me put all the uh the timestamps in there aren't you <laughs> i'll see what i can do 
<laughs> but more than likely, yes. Anyway. What were we going to say, Andrew? What are we, what are we labeling this one? 2.5? 4, 3, 2.5. 2. 2. 5. All right. I suppose we could just do 2.2 because that would be the next number, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll change it. We're going to, this will be release 2.2. 2. All right. Double mm-hmm. deuce. Mm-hmm. The double deuce. Only eight more to go till 3.0. <laughs> no. Not happening. There's such thing as skipping. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to jump. We'll just jump. Yeah, yeah, two point two makes sense though. So that way, it, uh, people people aren't looking for two point four. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that. Oh yeah, that's that is good heads up play by you, Gideon. <laughs> My other things around the community, the LVO packet dropped. Yeah, LVO packet dropped. It's real. It's happening. It's happening. So. Uh, it's looking like Friday is the tournament day. There will be 350. Um, and then there will also be a classic semi tournament thing. Um, uh, and then there will be a couple of more narrative style things going on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, uh, it's all being run by um, our good friend over at Valhalla Club, Matt, the Northman Ethington. So um, he's, he's, he, he's, He's really good at uh, running events, so uh, I expect it to be awesome. Um, and then, of course, 350, it's going to be, it's already taken care of because, you know, these guys are going to be running it. So, I and listeners can't see me pointing when I say these guys, but it's the other people here with me. That you're <laughs> Those other to. guys. This, Those other yeah. guys. Yeah, but yeah, we'll be there. It'll be a good time. Um, and it sounds like Catalyst might have a presence, maybe? Question what? mark? Yeah, during uh, one of the live streams um, that uh, uh, Randall was doing, um, they asked if there was going to be a Catalyst presence at LVO, and he said yes. Now, if he means... I'm aware that there is a demo agent and you know, and people are going to be there playing games or if maybe there's going to be a catalyst booth. Nobody knows. It's a mystery, but Randall said that there will be a, a presence of some sort. So we'll find out. <laughs> so if there's not a booth, we can email Randall and say, Randall, where's the booth? There, where's the booth? I'll, I'll, <laughs> we, we, I'll we, just we, set up. We, we should face we, we could facetime to the youtube channel and be like randall randall where's the booth randall and just walk around the vendor hall be like where's the booth randall <laughs> i'll just i'll just put my catalyst shirt on and go to one of those round tables off of the corner and just make a, a crudely crayon written sign catalyst game labs <laughs> was here was here yeah there you go that way i don't even have to be there the whole time have one of those change my mind signs about <laughs> <laughs> pop up table. That's not a bad I like idea. That. I like that. That's not a bad idea. We could do that everywhere. <laughs> Might get me in a little bit of trouble. I don't know. Might. Well, well, but we could come up with all sorts of fun things, you know, like oh, yeah. Alpha Strike is the system of the future. Change my mind. Uh, coach, all you oh, have to do is say, I was drinking a little bit, and you can blame it on that. 
that's actually a really good debate. <laughs> that, that might actually be a good one. <laughs> people would sit down for that one. I, th- I think I'd get a couple people to sit down with me on that one. <laughs> Remember, if you have any questions or concerns, you can email us at uh, www.mahalaclub at (laughs) (laughs) gmail.com. TNF is picking up in the the reaches again, so we're going to have plenty more Mega Mech coming up. I know... uh, Tuesday night fight. Oh, for those of you who are new to the show, Tuesday night fights are when we uh, all hop on Mega Mech and uh, beat the hell out of each other. And you can find it on the Discord channel. Yep. Tuesday uh, nights at uh, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yep. Yeah, and uh, we, we've had a few people, I think, join just recently where they uh, came into the Discord and they said, I heard I heard about Tuesday night fights and I want to give it a try. So it's a lot of fun hang out with a whole lot of people from the community. Um, and get, even if you don't know how to play mega mech jump in, you can watch. Um, a lot of times people will, like stream it. Um, especially, especially if you just say I'm new, can I watch what's going on? They'll throw it up on the discord so you can watch what's going on and see what they're doing and clicking on. Um, it's yeah, just a, a lot of a lot of silly shenanigans, but but a good crew to to be doing silly shenanigans with. Absolutely, and uh, the one who will not be named usually runs that, Mister uh, Mister Brute. You said was a pretty good job. Name him. That is real name. Oh, <laughs> that is real name. Not, not his government name. <clears throat> he doesn't have as many names as you do. No, that's true. That's true. Nobody has as many. He's names. only got no. like three. You have like seven. <laughs> he, he. Well, are we adding Mr. Shea uh, officially as? Mm. I thought that was my name. <laughs> oh my God. Uh... <laughs> my God. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's gonna be there's gonna be a day where Coach is gonna uh... just like be unconscious somewhere, and it's gonna be like, what happened? Mm. Oh. Brute finally had Mario. enough. Okay. Mario. Mario. <laughs> Go make him a visit. <laughs> show up, passed out in another Uber. And, and nobody, <laughs> and no one will be surprised. Nope. Well, uh, anyway, t- today I learned a rule. Yeah. I learned a rule today. Um, so thank you to people all over the Discord talking about Alpha Strike rules. Um, and to anyone I played, at uh, Gen Con, when I did this wrong, I apologize. But um, oh, the blender's Uh-oh. going. Blender's going again. Nope, that wasn't it. Well, he's been popping the whole time. So, well, it wasn't me then. <laughs> um, no, I, I could see. Uh, I thought he was fidgeting again, but <laughs> oh, I'm not fidgeting again. No, he put the scissors down this time. Yeah, but you're still popping. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, then that's my microphone. Yeah, it's your microphone. But 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 the rule I learned today is that when doing an anti-mech attack with conventional infantry, it is plus three, also plus one for the anti-mech attack itself. There is an indent on the uh, <laughs> hit chart, There's an which indent. if you don't look at the chart carefully, you won't see the indent, and you'll just see, oh, clutch conventional infantry plus three and that's the way i've been rolling it um so Dude, anyone out there 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm not the only one. But um, so anyone out there who is trying to do an anti-mech attack with conventional infantry, it is plus one for the anti anti-mech plus three for conventional infantry plus a potential other three if they're transporting mechanized battle armor that is all cumulative that all all gets added together um so don't be like me be better and add plus four to your conventional infantry anti-mech attacks oh is is there any better way to have that written if conventional infantry have a plus four for anti-mech attack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it wow. makes total sense if you stop and just like really like look at the chart. Um, but at a quick glance, um, yeah. I mean, if if it was split apart, it would make more sense. You know, if it was like anti-mech by battle armor plus one, anti-mech by conventional infantry plus four, that would that would be simpler. But. Um, I mean, I, mean, I, also I know, know we're trying to make things easier, but this seems like we could definitely make this easier. Yeah. But yeah, so not to turn this into an episode of Bungle Tech, but uh, <laughs> yes, um, I, I done screwed up. <laughs> don't, don't screw up. Be better than me, please. Read, read the rule book. Read the rule book and, and look for indents. Suck less. Matter. Indents. Use them. <laughs> wow. And that brings us to this history brief with Charles Gideon brought to you by Aries Games and Minis. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, like the old saying goes, out of the icebox and into the meat grinder. Hello Wolfnet and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we go to the Fourth Succession War. For those veterans present, you might remember when we previously covered the Battle of Misery and the life and death of Minobu Tetsuhara. Misery and the blood feud between Jamie Wolfe and Takashi Kurita are the things of legend. What is often overlooked is what followed. When Hans Davian kicked off the Last Succession War, many focus on Operations Rat and Gotterdammerung with a vague understanding that Wolf's Dragoons took the brunt of attacks along the border between the Draconis Combine and the Federated Sons, freeing up the units needed to invade Capellan space. We're going to cover the fighting on one of those planets, where the Dragoons held back the waves of Combine forces, and sharpen that understanding a little. The conflict began right where Misery left off. The Dragoons, battered, bloody, and full of hate, jumped the border into Federated Sun's space, where they were greeted by none other than the man destined to become the Prince's champion, Arden Sortek. Hans Davian had sent Sortek to negotiate a contract with the remaining Dragoons, and to his surprise, the rules he thought he knew about negotiating with the Dragoons didn't apply. Traditionally, the Dragoons would refuse being posted on the border with their last employer, which everyone now knows was part of the Dragoon's mission to fight for and against every military in the Inner Sphere prior to the clan invasion. This time, everything was different, though. Colonel Wolf demanded worlds along the Dracon's Combine world to station his beleaguered regiments on, provided somewhere deeper inside Sun's space would be provided for their dependents where they would be able to safely wait out the coming maelstrom of vindictive Combine soldiers. You see, 
while the dragoons had been laying low to buy time to heal their bodies and repair their mechs. The Combine had been hard at work on the propaganda, spreading information across the military district that the Dragoons had cheated at misery. Following Jamie Wolfe's official declaration of a blood feud with the Kashikarita at the Steiner-Davian wedding, they also pinned the death of Warlord Samsonov on the Dragoons. While this wasn't technically true at the time, it did work out in a case of propaganda clairvoyance, or serendipitous disinformation. Also, it has been standard military practice for millennia, all the way back to Sun Tzu of ancient Terra, that warfare is based on deception. Meanwhile, the Dragoons invited media crews to record and disseminate their departure for their garrison worlds. This was not a move of sudden bravado. Wolf simply wanted to ensure there would be no confusion for the DCMS on where they would be able to find the Dragoons. It doesn't take a spy master like Sebash Indahar to find out the location of your target when it's literally on the evening news. And with the groundwork laid, the dragoons waited. But they didn't have to wait long. Only a few weeks later, DCMS units landed on Harrow's Sun, which was garrisoned by Wolf's Gamma and Epsilon regiments. As a point of clarification, when I say regiment here in respect to the dragoon units, what I technically mean is what remains of Gamma and Epsilon after the battle in the frozen wastes of misery. The Dragoons had maintained the overall structure of their units, but each so-called regiment consisted of a rough reinforced battalion. The Dragoons used the first few weeks to ambush the 8th Galadin regulars wherever the train allowed and would fade quickly, always falling back toward the stronghold of Fort Beaver. The regulars attempted initially to storm the gates of the fort, but were repulsed. While the regulars held a numerical advantage, it was nowhere near enough of one to directly storm a fortified position. What followed were weeks of the Combine testing different portions of the defenders' lines, and as the siege drug on into months, the Dragoons had given up their first line of defenses, and their defensive lines thinned through accumulation of damage but they refused to give further ground. Weeks of apparent calm fell over the fort as the attacks became less intense and less frequent. Eventually, however, the Dragoons realized their mistake during the siege, but only when it was too late. Since fortress walls were invented and have been used to protect forces, people have developed ways to overcome them. Methods including heavy projectiles, explosives, or even the simple ladder have been used for over millennia. The Dragoons did not expect that the Combine commander would reach even further into the past to find a way to win the battle, because there was a reason the operational tempo had dwindled. The Combine had used their engineers to tunnel beneath the defenses. Attempts to collapse the tunnels by the Dragoons came too late, and several platoons of Combine infantry found their way into the city center where they raised mayhem. Now, with no safe direction to show their back, the Dragoons were forced into a bloody street-by-street -street running battle against the now-motivated and charging regular mechs. The fighting did not end when ammo ran dry or armor was depleted. There was simply nowhere safe to withdraw to without full-on retreat and their dragoons remembered their vows to the fallen comrades and dependents they lost during their employ to House Karita. 
They gave their lives to punish the Combine troops who were pain and blood to force the Dragoons back. The combat, using that word in only the most savage and brutal sense, raged for over an entire day cycle. Mechs beat each other with steel girders, never knowing what they might encounter around the next corner. Eventually, the Dragoons holed up in the spaceport, where they used their dropship's weapons to hold off the invaders for a few more weeks. Which brings us, finally, to the 27th of July, 3029, when the survivors, which was roughly only a third of the Dragoons who had begun the battle for Harrow's son, loaded their dropships, and left the world in DCMS hands, knowing their feud was not over, but on pause. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. And that was This History Brief with Charles Gideon, brought to you by Aries Games and Minis. That was better. That was better. That was better. And rolling right back into battle reports, which are Krell Cousins just got back from Strategicon. How was it? It rained. <laughs> Fly all the way to LA and it rains. Not like we cared. We were inside all the time anyway. Wasn't sunny and 70 all the time? Um, It was awesome. It, you know. Um, the Strategicon is, I just found out, technically three cons in a year. Um, they have one in February, one in May, and one in September. And that is the whole Strategicon. This was the Game X version of uh, Strategicon. Um, not a very big convention in the sense of like Gen Con or Adepticon or LVO, but. It was really nice. It was in a it was in a in between kind of area where it was busy, but it wasn't overwhelming. Um, it was it was uh, very Adepticon ish, I guess. It was a lot of games, a lot of uh, activities going on. The dealer hall was smaller but full, which was good. Um, and we were we were invited out uh, by. Uh, a lot of really awesome people. Uh, Patrick, first of all, got to thank Patrick. He's the one that has been spearheading this whole thing for us to head out there. And um, yeah, we uh, came out there to run a 350 tournament. Uh, I think we had 12 people. 10 people. 10, sorry. But uh, what was really, what I found really nice, and I'm just giving a quick synopsis and we'll go further into it, but... What I found really awesome about this 10-person tournament was that there were veterans, new players, and people who maybe played a couple of games. So it was really, it was a really good uh, uh, Venn diagram of what we've been dealing with for the past couple of years with 350, and uh, it, it went really, really well. I got super excited because Andrew looked over at me and said, you're playing. And I got really excited, got my army out. I'm getting ready. And then uh, one of the coolest guys I met there, Zach, uh, mentioned, uh, I don't see my name. And just drained all the excitement right out of me. 
So, so he says, "Not a problem, Zach. We'll we'll just put you in right here." Click. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I almost got to play, but uh, it was a uh, the the three fifty day day went off without a hitch. I mean, it. Andrew and I kept saying to each other over and over, "It's like, you know, these things almost run themselves now." Uh, there's so many people that are uh, adapted to three fifty and. They're so willing to help newer players who aren't find out where they're supposed to be, uh, how to set up, do this. You know, it's it's a lot of teaching moments during all these games, as well as good natured competitiveness. Um, the game went off without a hitch. I think the whole day was great. We did uh, four rounds. Um, ended at a pretty good time. We got in and out. Got to eat the infamous In and Out burger, the double double. Okay, so with with tell chilies us the truth. and animal what, sauce. What'd you think? And... What'd you think? Uh, let's see. Who I think Darren. Just remember, said, you're not in California. They can't hurt you anymore. I, it, even the Californians were, were before we went there. I think Darren's put it perfect. He goes, "It is a fast food burger. It's just a really good fast food burger." And I couldn't have said it better. It was. First of all, thousands of people in there. This is the busiest place I've ever seen. There was 25 employees working behind the counter. They said they make <laughs> half they make half a million or a million and a half dollars a day at that place. That's how many that's how many people go through there. There was there was a, there was at least 75 people in that restaurant either standing or outside waiting for food. Not counting had, the thirty cars in the drive-through lane. <laughs> there were there were a lot of there were a lot of workers in the back in the kitchen because you could see into the kitchen. There was like 30, 35 people back there, shoulder to shoulder, working their way through serving that many people. It was impressive. Well, I'm glad I, I, I'm glad because uh, Colorado In and Out apparently is just not as good as California In and Out. So. Well, so I'm glad it, it's good. I'm, I'm glad you guys had good, good burgers. And it, it, there's like 500 different ways you can order a burger. And, and they're just like, I found out Chili's is banana peppers. Don't know why they're not called banana peppers, but whatever. Uh, animal style. Is that what it was called? Animal style, animal yep. sauce, whatever. Order your, order your fries animal style. And they that just, had sauce and cheese and mm-hmm. onions and. They just throw a whole bunch of shit on they it. They just take really the bottom good. of the fryer and just tap it over your fries. Um, <laughs> and no. that makes standing at a tournament table really great, not having to wait for a restroom. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was good. It was good. I'm, I'm glad I experienced it. It was awesome. Um, I would definitely eat there again, probably once a week if I had the, the money and the time. But, uh, I mean, they were pretty fast, but it was still, I bet we waited a half an hour for our burgers. Oh no! Uh, I went fifteen minutes. Oh, whatever. Considering considering the amount of people that were in there, I was impressed. Yeah, it was very impressive. Anyway, so. anyway, back to the tournament, right? So, how were um, the facilities at the tournament? Strate- Strategicon for me was just a feel good convention all the way around. It had great people. Um, I walked over. There was a dude who had a full three D. Uh, deal for doing a dungeon, a D and D dungeon crawl with miniatures, like a castle and a city and a dungeon underneath it, and it was all stacked up. I it helped was all him layers set it up. of foam. 
I helped them set it up. It was amazing. It was really um, They had a Play-Doh war. They, on Sunday, they had a, a kids event. It was more of a family deal. They had a deal where you could build a monster out of Play-Doh and then battle with him. It was they the had, coolest thing I've seen for little kids. It was so cool. Hit points and attack values and dice rolls. It was, it was really neat. Uh, of course, uh, I don't know. I don't know if anybody here knows, but they had uh, Whip the Beast. It's a chariot game uh, from back during Roman times, and that group got really loud and obnoxious, and it was <laughs> awesome. They were having so much fun, and then you know, when- the table, the table right behind us, was a forty k game that was three, four eight foot tables long and two eight foot tables wide with kickers every six feet for another two by four table on either side. And I swear to God, I, I, I apologize for saying this, but I think it was just a dick measuring contest because there were people that had armies there that I'm not kidding. I think the table, when we looked at it easily, $250,000 worth of miniatures. I it mean, we watched, we watched a guy. We watched a guy pack his shit up and wheel it out on carts, and it took him an hour and a half to load his stuff, pack it, and roll it out. It was probably a ten foot wide by forty feet long table, and now, there was no table there space. Was- there was eight inches in between yeah. the armies. There was eight inches between the army. That was the only unused table space. Everything else was miniatures. Now, that being said, set up, play, teardown time. What was the ratio? It, it was weird because <laughs> they didn't all play at the same time. They would, they would get together and they'd battle the guy across the table from them. And it would happen randomly throughout the weekend. It was just... It was. I guess these guys get together and do this like four times a year, and it, on that, it was, on that grand of a scale, it's just amazing. It was bring your entire collection and let's try to play a game. It took them longer to set up and tear down for them to actually play the game. That's why it was just time. like, hey, whatever tickles your pickle, yeah. I guess. Cool. You got to you got to move a titan. I got to move a grand. I got to move the big. The big son of a bitch. Those things are heavy, man. The I just had to. <laughs> I was I was making fun of him. I was like, "Oh, too bad you guys aren't six foot five. Can reach the table across the table like this." <laughs> and he goes, "You just volunteered yourself. Hold this." <laughs> he, took, he, he said, "Lift the top of that Titan off because I need to move him a little bit." I was like, "Oh, this is a like fifteen hundred dollars worth of miniatures right here." So I lifted the top. I was like, this is heavier than it looks. He's like, yeah. And then he moves it like four inches. <laughs> and then I put it back on the top. It was like, oh, man. But having... <laughs> I've been going back and forth in my head on whether that was a good thing that we were right there or a bad thing we were there. And I've come to the conclusion it was a very awesome thing that we were right next to them because clearly in the convention hall... That was the main attraction to just go look at. Like you could have spent a half an hour looking at the table and still not seeing Easy. all the meetings. Easily a half an hour. So you yeah. had constant traffic right between us and them. And they would go through and they'd look and they'd look. And then they'd turn around and it's like, 
hey, that's Battletech, I think. <laughs> and we go, yeah, this is Battletech Alpha Strike 350 tournament. And they're like, huh, Alpha Strike, I've heard of that. And then it was like, and and credit to the LA guys, they had some amazing terrain that they brought with them. They had more terrain that we could have we could have done with, but it all yeah. looked really, really good. So it just made you know we've always said the better the terrain, the better the the maps and the and the and the aesthetics look on the table. And they knocked it out of the park with that terrain. So big big shout out to them for that. But well, we, we had in. a lot of wanderers around just asking yeah. questions and. Well, we got in Friday, Friday night, or Friday four o'clock. Um, <laughs> we we get to the convention, we get into the room, uh, we meet up with the guys, we find our find our place. Uh, Southern California guys, man, it, the thing wouldn't have happened without them. Uh, they came out hard, and it was awesome. Um, but they had a meet and greet for the convention at seven o'clock in this uh, this. Sweet, sweet, or whatever. So, the first guy that they introduce is like an icon of the gaming industry. He has touched and done everything in every freaking major gaming line there that exists. He's written games, built games, designed games. He's the first guy that they introduce. The second guy they introduce has basically done art for every major game, comic book, you name it. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, card games, magic. He's done art for everything. Dungeons and Dragons. Really, really, all both of them, really awesome guys. And then they introduce these two fucking jokers. <laughs> I, look, I look over to Andrew, I go, we're not following that, are we? And then, oh, and then, and from and then Patrick, Kentucky. Yeah. So, but I, think, I, think we, I think we did all right. That was that was pretty cool. Everybody everybody got a good laugh and a good. I walk up and I'm like, well, I don't know where to follow that, but we have a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say though that everybody in the room was very interested in BattleTech and the resurgence and the the new age that everyone's been talking about BattleTech coming into and. Man, they want a lot of really good questions. A lot of they really have good a lot questions. of questions, so um, there was a, definitely a buzz about BattleTech in the room there. So that was good to see. And ice. So then, seriously, Southern California, ice goes in drinks. Figure it out. Ice goes <laughs> in drinkable things. In and Out was the only one that got it right. <laughs> I had to ask for ice everywhere. So next well, time, bring a, uh, an ice pail. I'm just going to bring well, my own bring ice. Bring a cooler. just going to bring it's my LA. own ice. It's L.A. They probably have LA. <sighs> they do. So we, get done, we get done with that, and we go downstairs, and we set up a, a quick uh, Alpha Strike demo that we had uh, five people show up and play. Um, two couples, uh, two um, husband and wife teams that showed up, and... Oh God, I can't remember the dude's name. I feel terrible that I can't remember his name. He had the uh, gray beard. Um, that was your deal, dude. I took care of the vets. Just, just call him Graybeard, like a pirate. Anyway, man. they had the, we got them on the table. They had a blast um, playing that. We shut that down about midnight, I think. Uh, so two a.m. for us. <laughs> Go up, <laughs> grab, grab some shut eye, 
Um, thankfully, we had two beds, so I didn't have to deal with Aaron trying to put his feet on me all the the entire night like we had at Adepticon. No spoon. Uh, like spoon, <laughs> man. <laughs> we uh, started the tournament, and again, when I, other than I, I forgot to do a check-in for everybody. That's why I missed Zach. Zach, I apologize. That's totally on me. Um, but it was really fun watching the air deflate out of Aaron when he was told he didn't get to play. Um, he was super excited, and then to watch it all leave, it I felt really bad for him, but at the same time, it made me laugh a little bit inside. So, <laughs> but we got family. the tournament started. We got the tournament started, and every like like Aaron said, I mean, the Southern California guys were awesome. They they helped everybody out. Uh, we had new players, old players. Um, Darren Escondardi, uh, I think he was the guy who won Gen Con. He was there as well. Did a second place Gen Con. Uh, he got second place. I'm sorry. That's right. He um, won Strategic Con. He won Strategic Con. Um, but just great group of people. I, I really, really hope, uh, that they're able to attract some more players and build their community there because they've got such a great base of people to get, to get going. So, um, I would go back to that place in a heartbeat. That was so much fun. Um, if they'd have us back, I'll happily come back and do it again. So bringing my own beer though, this time $10 a beer is just, that was tough to swallow. I don't know how you're going to get it on the plane at all, but we'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Um, after the tournament, we had some, uh, I mean, we finished the tournament at what? Seven? Six six or seven, something like seven, that. Something and then we like ran to the end and out. Went to the out, came back, and, and, you know, we're like, you know, us battle type guys, we can run a big game too, you know, trying to, trying to keep up with the 40, 40K guys. So, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> while we were, That's while cool. we were eating and this, that, my, my mouse wheel was going in my head, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's, uh, we got two, four, six, eight players together that were in the tournament. And I said, bring your three, your entire 350, just bring it all. And we paired up into teams and set up in a corner. And I put, uh, I put three bunkers in the middle of a four by eight map sheet. And, uh, I said, okay, if you infiltrate the bunker, you get control of a cruise missile every round. <laughs> Cruise missiles are, uh, I think we, we did the one less, right? So it was cruise, nine, cruise in, the, nine in the center, yeah, the yeah. 50. So in a, on a six-inch template, the center was uh, dealt nine points of damage, and the uh, everything outside of the middle three did four points of damage? I think that's right, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and I said, uh, just to kind of make it go faster, we did... Uh, Players had to move their entire 350, and then it'd go 353, and then it'd come down to your teammate. He'd move the other. So that worked out really well, I thought, for movement and, and pace of play. Um, for some reason, everyone thought Zach and I were the threat. I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but everyone decided to bang, bang on us. But uh, lo and behold, let Chandler and Phil, I think it was Chandler and Phil, get to the center. So they had control of two bunkers. And uh, and they just rained down cruise missiles right down on top of the bunkers, <laughs> so nobody else could get to them. <laughs> um, 
that yeah we uh we had a good time uh threw a bunch of dice uh the infamous cruise missile on the lone oscout was uh a particular high moment uh darren and i can't remember who was darren who was with darren but tim john uh john monger was it ah, the there you guys? go yeah, the yeah two guys that had the biggest freaking armies they had the, the they had the c3s they were the ones with the 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 artillery and the and the lrm carriers yeah and we were the threat uh <laughs> he had an oscout 10 sc or 10 cs or something like that jumps ridiculous and it's got c3 and and they just dropped an entire cruise missile on that one mech <laughs> just to get it gone did you have a code that and uh survived? i think I think we ended up calling it after one o'clock or midnight or something like that. But it was a good time. It was a just a good old fashioned big battle. Yep. And then Sunday, Sunday we got up and we did another uh, Alpha Strike grinder. Uh, it started at ten o'clock and we had Ooh, grinder eight yeah. or nine show up. We had uh, nine we players. The, we did the two mechs, you know, two and seventy five points, and uh, learned some things there about potential how to do an alpha strike grinder a little bit better um but we had one guy that started the match and i was instead of getting into the really really big stuff um i put three light mechs together so he had a a koshi a commando and an urban mech oh urban mech and by god if that koshi didn't make it to the very last round of the game Four and a half hours. Koshi. The Koshi. It did finally go down, though. I was like, damn. But that was very interesting as a as a cobbled together. Big shout out to Courtney. Um, Had a grinder set. All cards and dice and tablets and tokens and, and all kinds of stuff set up. So we were able to quickly put together a bunch of uh two units 75 points each uh paired them together and players just drew where they were going to spawn went out and destroyed each other and then respawned with a new set destroyed each other so it it was very it was a grinder but it was fast alpha strike fun uh yeah i think we started with nine and i think it kept at five players throughout the whole thing but uh it was a lot of it was a really good time a lot of a lot of People said they had a good time with it. Yeah, plenty of hoot and hollering. There was a, a oh, classic yeah. Battletech grinder going on as well. Four players showed up for that. That was a big map they had with... Um, uh, what's that terrain that they had on there? Hex? Hextech? Uh, Heroescape. It had a bunch oh, of Heroescape. Okay. Or no, it didn't. It was Hextech. Yeah, it was Hextech. There you go. Really good looking board. Um, they had four players uh, for that, so Battletech on Sunday did pretty good for itself, uh, having having uh, two grinders, two different uh, systems of, of play going at it, and a lot of fun, a lot of hoots and hollers, and good times. Met a lot of people. Oh, my goodness, met a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, Andrew's already got the, uh, the Bible written out for thank yous, so... <laughs> Yeah. That'll that'll be coming soon, but uh, yeah, at, once it hit Sunday afternoon, uh, we were still, I think, jet lagged. 
really wasn't much going on after the grinders subsided. They had some other events going on, but Andrew and I just kind of looked at each other and says, I think it's time for an airport beer and a, and a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so we headed to the airport. Um, and then, and then the fiasco started. Then, then the fiasco really started. Uh, <laughs> uh, needless to say that I went through security twice. Uh, went through and the metal detector was, you know, taking the belt and the shoes and the, and the, all the stuff off. And I was like, well, I better take my wedding ring off just cause that's going to set off the alarm. And I reach over and I was like, Hmm, where's my wedding ring? <laughs> <sighs> and I look at Andrew and I go, I think I left my wedding ring in the hotel room. He says, well, you better go get it. <laughs> so it's a good thing we went to the the, the airport early because I think I did make a record of leaving LAX, getting to the hotel, and getting back through security at LAX. I did it in uh, under 45 minutes. I ran half a mile to catch the Hilton shuttle that was getting ready to take off and onto the highway. Uh, caught that guy, knocked on the window. I was like, gotta let me in, dude. And he's like, all right, this is weird, but rode that. Big shout out to Patrick and um, and Jim Sandoval. Gotta make sure I got that right. It was Jim, wasn't it? I think so. It was Jim, yeah. Yep, Jim. Uh, called Jim up. I said, Jim, I left my wedding ring in my room. I need you to go try to figure out where it's at. And uh, he's like, I'm on it. Didn't even ask questions. Just, I'm on it. Uh, <laughs> got dropped off at the airport. Ran up there. Patrick was waiting at the security desk. They had it in a little baggie. Had to sign out for it. Caught the same <laughs> same shuttle that I just got off. Drove me back to the, the, the airport. It is way easier to go through... Uh, security when you have no bags or nothing it's just like phone wallet in there go through and and then i had to wait for andrew on the bus because he went to the wrong term well actually he did go to the right terminal <laughs> i went to the right terminal yeah uh, my own but they told him it was the wrong terminal so he came all the way back and then we ended up taking the bus over there again anyway <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, I got to he see was, a lot of LAX that day. He was not <laughs> happy at all. <laughs> and then the wheel on my on my roller broke. That was awesome. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> oh, it was. We had four <laughs> different variations of katunk katunk katunk. Another piece fell off as the wheel as the wheel slowly we, disintegrated around it. We kept we kept peeling the wheel, and we're like, oh no, it'll sound better when the wheel's all off. It didn't. <laughs> it sounded like a oh chainsaw. Man. Yeah, it sounded like a chainsaw. Down to the bearing. And of course, our gate is at the end of the entire Very last. Tunnel, so. Very last gate. Yep. I should have called a golf cart. Needless to say, <laughs> it was it was a very, very good trip. Lots of good awesome trip. people. Uh, the LA Southern Cal uh, Battletech group is going to, I think, explode with with the, it, the people I, I, that are in charge down there. They they're they got their heads on straight. They're they're going to do really well. So, if you live in Southern California or the LA uh, area, reach out to these people, uh, find out where they play, uh, get your three fifties made up, and go have a lot of fun. Because look up, really look up. 
Look up the West Coast Irregulars. That's what they yes. call them. That's an Again, awesome West, Coast, West yeah. Coast Irregulars. Yeah, yeah. They were a great group. Honored, honored to be asked to come out and honored to be able to spend a weekend with them. It was a blast. And on top of that, a great convention. If you are in the area or you have that weekend free, it was the easiest to get to. You get off the plane, you get on the shuttle, you go to the, the hotel, and you don't have to leave again. Everything's there. Um, easy, easy to get to, great people, plethora of games, easy to get back to the airport. It was well done. It was well, very well done. Highly recommend. That's what was this new oh. swag floating around? <clears throat> uh, so Patrick, um, Patrick sent me an email or t- text me on Messenger or whatever, like a week beforehand, and uh, said, "Hey, can we can we use your logo?" Yeah, I don't care. He says, "Can you send me a good one?" So I sent him the the big <laughs> high twenty five hundred pixel one that. White Fox did for us. Thank you, White Fox. And turns out that he was talking with the uh, cat who does StarCore. All the acrylic engravings and that kind of stuff. So they made, he made like two different kinds of keychains for for Strategicon. He made one with our logo, one with Strategicon on it. Um, some flasks. Um, oh, God, what else did he have? There, there was a, a bunch of different little things that that he made up. Apparently, keychains, keychains, uh, yeah, flasks. Uh, he did a bunch of stuff for Strategicon with their logo on it. Did a bunch of uh, uh, ooh, I have a Jade Falcon keychain for uh, a certain Jade Falcon fan. Yay! Um, I'm the only one. He did. <laughs> he did a slate, like on a piece of slate. Yeah, he etched the. Uh, is that Bishop the, Steiner? No, the, yeah, the Atlas with the yeah. speaker, and the, the Atlas, Atlas and the, the boombox, and, and, and the Urban Mech just kind of like dancing. He etched that onto a piece of slate. It was awesome. It was very, very cool. It's Turkina, wow. very Turkina, very Turkina. Um, God, I know we're missing like half the stuff that he did, but uh, very, very cool stuff. Uh, turned out great. Did they take Star enough Corn. pictures of their? Uh... Go ahead and finish. Starcore Industries on Etsy. Yeah, has some has some really cool shit. Yeah, definitely check them out. Did they need some more photos on their uh, dioramas or their lists? Who? When you did the parade? Yeah. Oh, there were a couple of dioramas. Oh, um, Bill had a great one. Bill, he, uh, Bill had, yeah, he did like Sunset Boulevard or something like on a, it had a beach and some people surfing, and then he had a big billboard. And, and, uh, I said, the only thing you're missing is like a little tiny Jaws head popping out, and that would be <laughs> perfect. Um, yeah, there were some good dioramas there. Uh, Phil's, I think, won the diorama war. Uh, the, the painting again was spot on. A lot of good, uh, Lot of good uh, paint jobs. I, I believe won. Zach won with his um, 
He called it Clan Ghost Bear, uh, Russell Hog, but it looked very smoke jaguarish. <laughs> <sighs> well, as always next year. But uh, yeah, he, he did a, a very very good. Let's see. Oh, Nova Cats. He called him Nova Cats. So yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's not so bad. But they were they were really really good. It it, it came close to. Uh, can't remember who had the other one. John, the, the Draconis Combine guy. Yeah, the Draconis Combine guys had a really good. Uh, Brent, not John. Brett Moser. Brent Moser. I'm sorry. Brent. There you go. Brent Moser. Brett. Anyway, a lot of met a lot of people. Um, had some good conversations. Uh, everybody was super. It, it was. It was weird that so many people just say, kept saying, thank you so much for coming out and doing this. Uh, means the world for you guys to be here. And we're just like, hey, we're just here to run a tournament, man. And, but you could tell it was more than that. They just wanted to meet, you know, the voices behind the radio and, and the guys who created this. And, and I said, well, we're uh, like I said, it, it's a bummer that all of us couldn't make it because it's so much more fun with all five of us there. But um, they were just happy that Wolfnet made the trip and... I, I I hope it goes a long way into building a community out there. I don't really know, I mean, what we do, but I mean, if it helps, it helps. So, um, but it was it was a lot of fun being down there. It was again a good convention and uh, just good people all way, all the way around. I I would go back in a heartbeat. My job well done. Yeah. Uh, upcoming events. Oh my. <laughs> Big list of there. Starting That's off you. with uh, Draft of War, September 23rd. So this Saturday, we'll be running a Drafted for War event here in Burnsville at my local game store, Dreamer's Vault. Uh, really excited to do this. Uh, been I've <laughs> been talking back and forth with Topa quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, so looking forward to that. It seemed like the community here got really excited with the idea of a draft. And... Uh, looking forward to the turnout for that uh after that next up we got a small convention just south an hour hour and 20 minutes south of me here called osticon uh we'll be running a small 350 tournament there um then we have uh november 4th uh tommy's uh blessed ravens uh tournament in sioux city iowa mm-hmm. that will be running a clan invasion list casual that is, is that a casual, and that is his charity event. So, uh, I, I my understanding is there is the community is coming out big for that. There should be some really cool um, prizes and that kind of stuff for the silent auction. So, be watching for more information on that. Tommy, you got anything to add there? Yep, I will have a silent. It's it's, it's going to be called silence. Silent auction, yeah. Silence, silent auction. Um, silent C auction. Nope, just silence with an S, not a C. Silent auction. Um, or it might be a silent S with an S with a apostrophe at the end of the S. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh. The silent auction is going to last all month long. And at the end of the month, after all the bids have been done, uh, I will end it and 
all they have to do is whoever wins each of the auctions, uh, they just donate that straight to the uh, the charity. I see that they add it to the donation list, and then um, then I send their stuff their way. I have a lot of people who, uh, a lot of artists that have donated their time, and uh, and a lot of will them you, even will you have will you have pictures of everything as it comes in to put up on the site to say here are the here are the things that you will be silently yep. bidding on. Okay. Yep. So I will be. I, I believe I'll be creating another uh, channel in the, the Discord. And it's going to be kind of like a forum channel, and each uh, piece will have their own little forum picture and silent auction with that each picture. So um, that's going to come up once I'm get done with this stupid project that I'm on for work. I'll be heavy into it. So I've had a few pictures already been sent my way. I've had some donations already sent my way, so I could use. That. Have you have you reached out to the artists? Have you reached out to like Scroggins and Edwin, Edwin and or Ed, Eden Cowgan or anybody like that? All right. So I've talked to One G. I've talked to uh, um, Brashido. I've talked to B One B Flyer. Uh, I've talked to a whole bunch of people. I know you're going to be like, hey, Tommy, you already talked to me. But I don't remember names right now. So um, <laughs> if you can't, hey, if you can get a list together and then post it someplace, that way I can direct you or, or get you in touch with some other folks as well. Because okay. we can we can do a lot more with this. Yep. And, and, and this is going to be continuousing, continually going throughout the year. At, and honestly, this is not just a one-time event all of a sudden. I'm uh, associated with extralife.org. They, uh, they just have it. They're uh, an organization that, that deals with uh, the St. Jude uh, Children's um, Charity. And it, it's a great cause. And... At the end of the year, they cut it off, and then they start your donation uh, total at the end of the year. They'll be like, all right, it's January 1st. You're back to zero now. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a charity that just constantly happens, and I'm just going to do it on whatever day that Extra Life decides to do it. I think what, I think what we're going to do then, too, is we're going to find out how to do this at every tournament. We're going to get a... We're going to get a, a piece that we can have that we'll do a silent auction at every tournament going forward. Yeah, remind, be... me that we're, remind me that we're going to do that and we'll make that happen. That's fucking awesome. We could uh, have people bid to not have to play against us. <laughs> Whoever bids the most doesn't have to play us. Or you could, you could have people bid so that they don't be allowed in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> like pull coach's name again. Yeah, that, that's, what happened. <laughs> that's what happened at Strategicon. Somebody bid so high. And... I don't, we don't want him to play. Boot him out. All right. <laughs> All right. So be be on the lookout for for Tommy's uh, 
charity tournament. If you can make it to Sioux City, um, I think it's going to be a small, intimate gathering. But uh, if we can get some folks out there to, to roll some dice and, and participate in that, that would be fantastic. Um, I'm, working, same weekend, I'm working on a fellow X-Wing podcaster to hopefully uh, be down in Sioux City to help play some battle oh. tech. That would be awesome. Stoose action, maybe? Oh! What? Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. I'll get Same a, weekend. A, go, go ahead. Up. Nope, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I'll, I'll, I'll get a couple 350s created for them. It's casual. Or smoke Jaguars. Oh, never mind. Yeah, go ahead, Stoosie's a, <laughs> a smoke Jaguar. Go ahead, Andrew. All right, so... That same weekend, uh, November 3rd through the 5th, um, unfortunately, I will be, well, fortunately, unfortunately, we're going to have two events going on that weekend. I will be in St. Louis at uh, Warfare Weekend with uh, Gonzo. Uh, that is one of the last conventions of the convention year. Um, I've got a doubles tournament, a 350 tournament, and I'm working on doing a drafted for war event there as well. So, damn. Uh, if you can, if you got the time and you can make it to uh, St. Louis, come come see me. Uh, we have, uh, I know that there's a, a a pretty good core, solid group of people coming already. So, uh, if we can make that be a big event and and turn that into uh, a yearly thing, I think that would be awesome to, to get done so anybody in the st louis area uh mark your calendars come out roll some dice have some fun uh two weeks later i will be plymouth minnesota which is about an hour north of where i'm at for renegade weekend uh renegade weekend same deal we're gonna be running a doubles tournament a 350 tournament and a drafted for war uh then our unofficial start of the year is uh, KSAG, our Curl Sisters A Go Go. That is Aaron and my birthday weekend. That we uh, that we started this whole thing. So four years ago now, something like that. Started in my garage with twelve guys, and here we are. So KSAG. KSAG will be the start of year number five. That will be December 9th here in Burnsville, again, Minnesota, uh, being hosted at my local game store. Thank a big shout out to Dreamers Vault. Thank you so much for hosting and having a space for me to do all this stuff. It's, it's awesome to be able to do that. Uh, and then the last thing that we have scheduled um, is LVO and that's January 19th through the 21st. Uh, that's in Las Vegas. And like Charles already kind of iterated, there'll be a number of different things going on, uh, during that, uh, weekend. Um, but for us, we'll be running a 350. So, uh, hopefully we can get, uh, same, you know, more than what we had last year. Cause that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, this last, last LVO, um, Appreciate everybody who came out. So hopefully we can get a similar crowd to come out and join us. So there you have it. Those are our upcoming events. All right. Shout outs. Okay. Here we go. Andrew, start your book. <laughs> I apologize again. We've had, we've had a lot. Of, we've had a lot go on here this last couple of weeks. That's so. good though. Um, 
I, I got first. I'll start it off with uh, Patrick Saul and Mike James uh, for getting us out to Strategic Con. Uh, it was a great, just a fantastic group of people. Uh, they run, as Aaron said, they do three cons a year. Um, check out Strategic Con. Uh, it's well worth taking your time to go go check them out. Um, as I said, it was a very feel good convention. Good family, um, I'm, and I'm and I'm looking forward to going back <clears throat> to Chandler, Courtney, Darren, Phil, Chris, Joey, and the whole Southern California crew who came out and rolled dice with us. Uh, what a fantastic group of gamers! Um, if you live in Southern California and want to get into BattleTech, check them out. Um, the Strategicon event wouldn't have happened without them. So so thankful for you guys and and all the support and love you guys gave us um, there. That was. I, I can't say enough. I, I, I'm humbled. Thank you. Uh, to Mike Benison, I had some really great conversations with Mike about um, 3D printing terrain and hills and some ideas around that. So I'm going to try and follow up and, and see uh, where that goes. Uh, another shout out to Dale Ida. Again, we've been having some really good conversation here the last couple of weeks. Uh, again, about AS and terrain and I just, I'm really, really excited for some stuff that's on the horizon here. Um, it, uh, hopefully we can stay in front of it, pay attention. We'll, we'll try and um, help launch that stuff. Um, big shout out to Bob Mahoney for the great conversations about how things break and the astounding amount of math done to prove his point. Um, he should really have a PhD in probabilities and outcomes because it's staggering. Um, when he starts putting math to some of this stuff on why some things may need to be reconsidered. So, um, yeah, I need to shout out Mr. Franklin, Josh Franklin, our leader and mentor for Alpha Strike. He is an unstoppable force and an unrelenting in making Alpha Strike better. Um, we are thankful and blessed to have him at the helm of Alpha Strike. He He's on our forum. He's on the, the uh, BattleTech forums. He's he's all over the internet. He's asking questions. He's taken takes a few hits on the chin because you know people don't always forget that isn't his J job, right? And he does that for the love of the love of the game, and he needs to be appreciated. So I want to give him a heartfelt thank you um, from us at WolfNet for everything that he does. Um, we appreciate you, and. The last one, I don't do this often enough, but it is the biggest shout out that I have to make. And that's to my wife, Jess. Um, she's been <laughs> unbelievably understanding this last year in all of the events and everything that I've tried to get done this year. Um, and without her, I wouldn't be able to get it done. So um, I'm, I'm thankful that she allows me to spend time in my little hobby and I'm using air quotes. So thank you. Love you, babe. And I'm done. Man, Aaron. I want to shout out Jeff Bayer or Bayer. Not sure which one it is, but um, he is uh, the Red Beard Boss on YouTube and Sleepwalk Air underscore brush on Instagram. He's the owner of Ghost Brushes. I uh, had a really long talk with this guy at Strategicon. He had a little booth there, and I, I was just kind of intrigued by his brushes. They're all nylon, uh, nylon-haired brushes or something like that. Um, 
he was having an incredible sale or something. I bought, I think I got ten brushes for ten bucks or something like that. It was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, got, um, I bought a set too. I bought a set too. He's got some seriously good stuff. So uh, if you want to look up ghost brushes on Etsy, uh, he's got some good stuff over there. I'm really looking forward to using his um, his dry brush brushes that he has. Uh, I want a big uh, shout out to the guys at Lost Planet Game Store for providing BattleTech product and salvage boxes at the uh, at Strategicon. Um, there wasn't a whole lot when it came to our product at the event hall or the dealer hall, but uh, I got a chance to talk to those guys and they're really down to earth. Uh, they said Alpha Strike is blowing up at their store. BattleTech was always kind of hit or miss, and then now it's it's finally starting to pick up, and they've got. A ton of guys there so really really uh good to hear that from from that part of the the nation was that that um, was that the group where i bought the flat yeah boxes? yeah guy with a big beard a flat yeah <laughs> yeah he just bought a flat and he's just like dude they were selling them for seven bucks and i'm like i knocked a little i knocked an a old piece. lady down to go get them a piece yeah, a not seven, the whole flat seven he, bucks a piece. yeah but still they're, they're usually nine to ten bucks that's right? unheard of he's he says, ah, I bought it for $7. I'm like, the whole flat? And he's like, no, per Mac, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> where's mine? <laughs> just going to say, like, I'm surprised he only came back with one. It's like, but anyway, very cool dudes. Baggage. Uh, yeah. I had a really, really good conversation about Battletech and Battletech through the ages with him. So that was really neat. I uh, want to just thank all the players and people who we met at Strategicon. I, there was just so many that I, I can't. I mean, Andrew hit. All the guys who needed to be named uh, individually. Uh, one guy I want to thank is Zach for being a good teammate and a good guy uh, and a good Alpha Strike 350 player. So um, shout out to Zach. And I also want to shout out my wife for uh, letting me go on these little trips and letting me know exactly how much wife points I can get away with in a year. So <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Way more than I expected. So big shout out to her. Uh, for letting me do that this year, so Charles. Uh, yeah, I'd just like to shout out uh, Mike, Brent, and Bob for uh, playing MWO with me um, on a handful of occasions. Um, I'd written off MWO from a long time ago, um, but uh, you guys made it fun again, so thank you for that. Um, and then also, um, I, I know I'm going to miss people, but the Wolfnet Films crew, Fang, Sadistic, Eden, Paladin, Metal Ed, War Crimes, Mad-Eye, Ishii, Break Time, BB, Koshi, and Brute. And if I forgot anybody, I apologize. I try to get got, get everybody who's been there the last few weeks. But um, hanging out with you guys on Saturday nights, uh, watching the best and the worst that Cinema has to offer, um, wouldn't trade it for nothing. So thank you guys. Tommy. Well, uh, I've honestly haven't played BattleTech. Haven't thought about BattleTech uh, in a very long time, due to my work. Um, but I had some really good uh, feedback slash good news. So I would like to say happy belated birthday to Carl Franklin. The uh, father of Little Miss Crit Roller, um, <laughs> and his uh, wife Amy. Uh, I got with them 
I talked to quite a bit with them uh, at Gen Con. And, uh, yes, Carl, she, uh, she got the idea from us. So, um, just to give you a heads up. So I'm shouting you guys out. So happy belated birthday. Happy birthday, Carl. Happy birthday. And, uh, last but not least, Mr. Popular Bloodbath. What are your shout outs? Right. It's been crazy. So shout outs, uh, for this past month. Um, I got invited by several podcasts uh, graciously uh, from their invites uh, for little interviews. Uh, big shout out to uh, Nathan from uh, Bungle Tech. Discussions of uh, Wolf's, Nest, Wolf's Nest content creation over the years. Uh, just an overview. Uh, good luck in their podcast. Also, uh, Seth White Fox from uh, Mercenary Star discussing the 17th Recon Camachos Caballeros. Lots of fun talk on that mercenary unit. Good luck with his podcast. And Brent on the origins of Battletech Utube discussing the Cicada. Uh, you guys got to have a lot of fun checking these guys out. Um, these are all good podcasts that have decent content and you're going to have a lot of laughs. So with that, uh, any comments, questions, concerns, you can reach us at WNRP at WolfStreetGoons.com or you can find us on YouTube, Discord, Tabletop Simulator, Patreon, Facebook, and Queensboro for our product lines for apparel. Go get some hats. Hat sell. <laughs> and have a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Oh. Woof. <laughs> Perfect. I think uh, that might have been like our best one in a while. Bye, Craig. <laughs>